week's uh, lead-in, as we're calling it, we're going to talk about our top three accidental deaths. It's a weird, okay, so it's a weird thing to say our top three, because I was... I don't want to say my favorite three, because that's weirder. Well, it's totally weirder, mm-hmm. but I think we should say the three, and we're ta- specifically talking accidental overdose, right? This is specifically overdoses. So I would say that instead of saying our top three, it's the three overdoses, deaths, accidental overdose deaths that affected us the most. Okay, fair enough. Because top three puts like a positive spin on it. It's not positive. No, no, no. Uh, the entire, my whole methodology with, you know, the, being able to sort of number them in order to most impactful. Right. Um, is, I mean, the most impactful was the, the most important to me. So, and, and it affected me. So you are exactly right. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. Um, so, again, lead-ins, rapid fire. <clears throat> You're going to get some authenticity from us and uh, as we warm up and get uh, smoothed out and moving into our episode. So, yay us. All right, number three, Sonia. Who you got? My number three accidental overdose death is Prince. Yeah. I thought he'd be higher for you. He's, high, he's on my list, too. He is, uh, well... I had to sort of give this some context when I was talking about it because I, when I thought about what order and what would be important to that order was their sort of their life snuffed out at a young age or a younger age or what their future contributions could be versus what they'd already contributed. So in that way, you know, because Prince was an older gentleman and I love him so much in all of his music. You were devastated when he died. It was heartbreaking because that was just news I wasn't expecting to hear. I mean, I honestly didn't really even know that. I thought the prince didn't even drink. Um, and I certainly didn't think he was doing um, any drugs, illegal or, you know, legal. I didn't. I don't care. But in the, in the way that it would put his, you know, life at risk, it was terrifying to think that, you know, and the way he died, he died alone in an elevator and for the love of God, like, where was everybody? And, you know, the guy was surrounded by people. I don't know. It just broke my heart. But I guess for he's my third and not my first because I all and to me, his the majority of his contributions in his life probably had already happened. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more when I get to him on my list about some of the things you just mentioned about his use of drugs and, and how it happened. But number three on my list is River Phoenix. So I was very young when River Phoenix died. I don't remember when River Phoenix died, but I feel like it was a... Cl- a classic in a terrible way, young Hollywood tragic death. He was a guy that had his full potential, full future right in front of him. And he was already a star, but it was a continuous rising star that he could have been probably one of the greats of all time. And it was such a tragic event that I still, for 
all of its fame and every concert amazing thing that's happened the viper room to me is still where river phoenix died and it will always be known as the place river river phoenix died well absolutely well he died in front of it and so well okay certainly yeah i mean the viper room is a hole in the wall i i think when you if you've never seen the viper room or you're in la and you kind of are like hey we should go see the viper room and you walk by it you're like okay that feels like a back alley bar which is fine um but you know i i think to your point you know you sort of it's become this um, symbol of something else, which is absolutely important. And I have to agree with you. I love River Phoenix and um, I love his brother as well. And um, they have an interesting childhood. Yeah. You know, they, uh, it wasn't easy on them. And um, I think they grew up in like a commune and they had experienced some abuse, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's tough. So to be able to rise above that, and maybe that was one of the reasons that he was able to rise above it as he was escaping it. But, um, yeah, it was devastating for me too. I, what year did he die? 92, I believe. Okay. So I was in college, so I was probably focused on other things. Um, but I do remember when he died and it was really sad. All okay. Right. So before you get to your number two, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to give a three B. So. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. Related to your A? 3A? No. no. Oh. Well. Okay. <laughs> I'm calling, uh, River Th- Phoenix is my three, and now now 3B uh-huh. is going to be Michael Jackson. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Believe me, I get it. Tell me why. So, okay. I always appreciated Michael Jackson for his music, his artistry, his performance, whatever. It wasn't really until, like, later in college, and then when I came out to L.A. that kind of feel like I started to get on the Michael Jackson bandwagon and when I did I was I start by my first job was working at Sony and at the time he was working on a comeback tour and Sony was making a documentary about him called this is it about his comeback tour so he was really popular it was a really big thing at Sony Michael Jackson was huge he got his life straight And then it was reported on that June day, right after Farrah Fawcett died, like hours later, that Michael Jackson had a heart attack. And at the time, it was the feeling of Michael Jackson had a heart attack. He's Michael Jackson. He's gonna be fine. Whatever. No big deal. We'll wait a couple hours. We'll find out that he's fine. And then, of course, it was found out that it wasn't a heart attack. It was that he went to bed the night before, had a dose of propofol, which don't ever, ever, ever do. I'm pretty sure you can't do it by yourself. You technically can. But you can't get it by yourself. I mean, that's to be no. under a doctor, doctor's care, as well, he was. As he was, exactly. Agreed. And essentially, he wasn't monitored properly and was given an overdose of propofol. So, at the time, this was before Leaving Neverland came out, the documentary that came out recently about his abused uh, And it was a really big deal. Like, at Sony, people were devastated because they were really excited about this and this was his big comeback and he was going to be the superstar Michael Jackson again and I was really getting into his music really for the first time in my life and this ridiculous over-the-top number one greatest pop star of all time was gone well I think anytime somebody likes that like that dies you know it's always a shock to us because they do seem superhuman so definitely um you know (laughs) <laughs> Michael, I was it an important death? Yes. 
do I have different feelings about Michael Jackson after watching some of the the documentaries that have come out after the fact and some of the information that's come out? I do feel different, but I I have to say I've felt different for quite a while. Yeah. I uh, I you know. We're in L.A., Brittany, you know we have access to information and people, and there's always, there was always this underlying conversation about what was really happening. Um, so I wasn't surprised, but I was horrified to hear the graphic details in the documentaries. Whether they're true or not, I was still horrified. And that's why he's my 3B with an asterisk, because he, of course, was acquitted in his previous two trials, and there were a lot of things that came out about whether or not it was just seeking financial payment and fame and notoriety against him. Of course, since those documentaries have come out afterwards, there's a big fat giant asterisk next to this. He would probably be my solid number three. And uh, I'm just thinking back to at the time when it happened, what it had a great effect on me. Sure. That's certainly tampered down now. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, <clears throat> I am not going to take liberties with the one, two, three uh, choices here. I'm going to go to number two. So my number two top impactful accidental overdose is Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. I love their music when do. he was part of the band so much for the past few weeks i have been listening to allison chains nonstop. um i told you before i will readily admit that i have an uncomfortable crush on jerry cantrell i think he's amazing and incredibly um right up my alley uh, he's, he's that kind of guy i don't and, know uh, where that came from by the way what came from why he's right up my alley no, no i see why he's right up your yeah, alley but my type. Uh, all of a sudden like my phone blowing up about how much you loved him and how we should double date with uh, Cameron Britton, by the way. And I just a thought. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. It just was a spur of the moment chain of like stream of consciousness texts that I got from you. I I can't say much about. I'm not going to say much about it, more about it, because it's, I swear it's creepy, even when I hear myself talk about it. But what I will say is Lance Daly and his contributions to Alice in Chains, um, you know, that was, it was, it's very close to my heart because, you know, his voice has got this really eerie, beautiful, crisp tone that carries the lyrics. Um, and then with Cantrell's guitar, I mean, it's just, it moves me. Um, and that's all I'll say. So, uh, hashtag Jerry Cantrell, but <laughs> I mean, whew, uh, it's nice to see someone who's so talented, um, be successful, but I'm sure Lane Staley's death, um, greatly impacted him and their ability to move forward, you know, as a band. Oh, I'm sure it does. I mean, that would be heartbreaking for your partner to die. Definitely. I wouldn't, someone who's so directly attached and an integral member of it. Yeah. And then think about walking around in your life and every Uh freaking place you go, all you hear is your music, you know, and your own music, which, cause you know, we all will know Alison Chase was very popular at the time, but to hear yourself with your best friend who died of an overdose surrounding you. I mean, um, you know, I would want to escape if I was him. Yeah. Okay. So for my number two, it's your number three Prince. Because even though I was not as emotionally attached to Prince like you were, 
Uh, I did not go into a depre- sexually attached to Prince. Is what it really was. It wasn't emotional. You at all. went into like a depression. You straight up said, "Do not talk to me about Prince." I did not feel that way. <laughs> but did I really, you really did. You really, really did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's why I was surprised he was all the way at number three for you. So, <laughs> so Prince for me was uh, similar in that of. Michael Jackson, where I was also late to the Prince party and didn't really get into his music until later in life. And the way that I got into his music was I ushered concerts at an amphitheater in high school. And one of the concerts I ushered was Prince. Uh, Okay, that's freaking dreamy, by the way. Let me just tell you. like Which part? That's the greatest job ever. You're Uh, an usher, ushering... At a Prince concert? Like, it was, it was pretty... It, anything else? <laughs> it, was, it was. It was... There were times that the job was amazing! And then there are other times that, uh, like, a Kid Rock concert where I straight up was trampled because... Uh, that's, <laughs> that's not a joke. He, uh, so he, he decided to go into I'm the... I'm so sorry, that's right. Yeah, funny. thanks for laughing. I'm sorry. Uh, so he... Uh, I'm so, clumsy, too. Come okay, on. So, well, okay, this had nothing to do with me being clumsy. I'm super clumsy. This had nothing to do with it. <laughs> It had to do with, uh, okay, 16-year-old, like, 100-pound me, I'm more than 100 pounds now, but small 16-year-old me trying to be security at a Kid Rock concert, and... Whoever put you in that position, by the way, should be, like, shot, though. Yeah, what no, were they thinking? That's true. So he decided to go into the audience, this is a total sidebar, he decided to go into the audience without, like, telling anyone in advance. Favorite. Yeah. So... <laughs> Of course, when he did, he, like, jumps and is, like, running through the audience. I'm, like, standing in front of a barricade. Again, 16-year-old, 5-foot-1, 100-pound Britney. And there are, like, hundreds of people steamrolling me trying to get Kid Rock. Why were you the only thing between uh, them and Kid Rock? Because no one knew that he was actually going to do that. <sighs> did you thank him later for putting your life into his hands? I have... I was never really a Kid Rock fan. I, there are a couple songs I don't mind of his, but I was never really a fan of his. After that moment, I was so mad. So that was like... Was he drunk or just probably, stupid or probably, probably both? Uh, and then, uh, so another another sidebar about the... Artist. Negative experience of uh, doing that, and I'll get back to Prince. Uh, so the, uh, the first time I ever got high was uh, accidentally at a Grateful Dead concert... <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing accidental about getting high at a Grateful Dead concert, uh, there except is- for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay. okay, we like had to come in early for extra. Training. You were working. Let me just. I was working. Okay, I, I just working. want to clarify. Yeah. Like, did you actually go for fun and no. think you weren't gonna get? No, high? no, no, no. I All was. Right. Wor- I, I was just... working, and it, okay, right. it wasn't the Grateful Dead. It was the Dead because, of course, Jerry Garcia died in 1994. But whatever. So we we had to go in early. <laughs> is that why there went from? Yeah, okay, that's why they went whatever. from the Grateful Dead to the Dead. Okay. Uh, so we this to, is a good story. I know. We had to go in early for advanced training, and literally we were told, don't care about the pot, don't care about the drunks, we are concerned about the people on acid and LSD. Like, if you see marijuana, don't worry about it. You're not going to see acid and LSD, because they would have taken it, like, an hour and a half before they got there, so they'd be like peeking yeah. by now. What the well, hell? No, they're no, not running around with it. No, no, they're not. But 
you there were a lot of people escorted out of that show because they were tripping bad. Oh, what do you mean tripping bad? Like a bad trip, or they were just really tripping? Those are that's a there's a difference there. I don't <laughs> if you think that people aren't going to a Grateful Dead concert to trip, then I mean, you, no, like you would have to arrest everybody once again. Well, okay, let's call it a bad trip. Having bad trips. Uh huh. So I'm not sure what that looks like from the outside, but I can tell you what it looks like from the inside. I'm gonna. It ain't fun. Okay. I'm so gonna, thanks for arresting them because it probably made it so much better. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Way to go. Um, Ruin this second trip. But there was <laughs> so much weed at that concert. Uh-huh. That's why I'm saying that is how I accidentally <laughs> got high. <laughs> I did not actually enjoy that. Um, okay, so No, now, because you were probably so paranoid about being high while you were working. I, I wasn't really... Trying to block Kid Rock from uh, getting into uh, it. Um, Everybody stay away. I think that was Phil Lash, right? Who? Is the dead? I don't... Are you... Or who are you asking? No. I don't... Really? I don't know. I think he's... Neither one. Don't care. Okay. All right, so back to Prince. So, so the Prince concert. Uh, Prince is notoriously late at starting his show. A hundred percent. I saw him at the House of Blues in Anaheim. Uh, or, I'm sorry, in, uh, on Sunset. On Sunset, right? On an yeah. accidental afternoon concert. Yeah. So he's notoriously late. I think his set was supposed to start at like, I don't know, 8.30 or 9 or something. And he didn't come on until like 10 o'clock. Because he's on Prince time. Good, because yeah. he can be. It's, he is Prince. Absolutely. Whatever. He can do whatever he wants. Clearly. So, again, here I am, I don't know, 16 or 17 at the time, whatever I was, amphitheater, like 27,000 people. <laughs> there was an opening act. I don't remember who it was. And then there's like an hour and a half break. Vanity. Who do you think it was? I don't <laughs> Just kidding. Mary Jane girls. <laughs> I mean, to run to the list uh, of uh, Lisa and what's her fudget. Uh, <laughs> the doctor played a, like an opening guitar rift. I don't know. Or keyboards. He was keyboards. Uh, Morris Day in the time. Um, <laughs> is it just, oh is this God. just on? <laughs> uh, stop it. Uh, I'm trying to tell a story. Go ahead. So, he, um, you should go back and try and remember that, though, because right now that that would probably be a pretty good show to see. The, the opening for Prince. Probably, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'll probably try. I'll, I'll try and figure it out. I'm Please sure do. I can figure it out. Okay. Anyway, so 27,000 people sitting around waiting for Prince are all angry and pissed off. And why isn't he going? What are we doing here? Blah, 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 blah. They shouldn't have been mad because if they really like Prince, it wouldn't have mattered. Number one. Number two, they wouldn't be surprised. So... These were amateur Prince uh, followers, so screw them anyway. So I was, uh, I I mean, I was getting angry and frustrated, too, because I kind of knew, I had heard about Prince time, like you said, (laughs) but I was just getting really frustrated. Like, it's getting late, people are getting angry, I have to catch the bus home, the bus stops running at a certain time, blah, 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 blah. He came out, he did his set, it was everything you expect in a Prince set, and then his encore was Purple Rain. Oh, I love it was so much. unquestionably the greatest individual song live performance <laughs> of anything I have ever seen. It was unreal. And it made all the angry fans and the time wasted and the delays all worth it. He was amazing. I'm glad you had that epiphany and I'm sad that you were so worked up about it going so poorly at the beginning because uh remember, remember like i said 16 17 year old me 27,000 people 
I can't believe there were 27. I mean, I can't believe there were 27,000 people there. But when I saw him, um, yeah, but you saw him, you saw him at the house of blues. This was a very small venue. And it was a, it was like a, not a private show, but he was playing at the forum in LA and like he, you know, popped something out on Facebook and like, you know, Hey, if you're around at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday in LA, you know, I'm, you know, warming up, you know, over here at, house of blues on sunset which is pretty small yeah and so uh i'm like well i'm sorry but this is prince and everything else has to stop because i'm gonna run my ass over (laughs) from the valley which i did came over here ran in there got my tickets three o'clock in the afternoon i am in that door watching prince warm up for his show he didn't play any of his um of his hits because he was warming up and uh, it was amazing and I was so close to him and I don't really think he realized how close he was to just being tackled by a woman right in front of him <laughs> um, but man I uh, he looks beautiful he's got you know ugh, his giant boots he wears I mean he's just adorable he's amazing everything that I thought it would be was that and more and um, that's why he you know he's definitely on my list but I appreciate that he's on your list as number two yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who opened for him. But uh, I did just read something about a, like a review at the time. They estimated there was actually 40,000 people that were there. I'm not surprised. Was, he was amazing. Uh, it, he was amazing. When I saw him at the House of Blues, it was no more than 300 people. Oh, I believe that. I don't even know that how I incredible. got from the valley to uh, over the hill <laughs> in that speed. Honestly, I missed a hauled ass. Uh, anywho, uh, so that was a good story, Vinny. I, uh, uh, I really appreciate that. I appreciate oh, that. Glad that was you awesome. That. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Your moments where you like, you know, these, I, I mean, that's a big moment for you in your life. And I think it's so awesome. Yeah. I would have loved to have been there with you when that went down. Uh, trying right. to keep people from being high at a Grateful oh, Dead I, concert. You're so crazy. Bad. All right. Moving on. Number one. That's for you. You're, you're, I know. Oh, okay. oh sorry. <laughs> I was still reveling in my Prince moment. I'm like, God, that was a good show. God, I can't believe that was like a good moment in my life. Because I hated living in L.A. at that time. So, anywho. All right, good. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Back to our most impactful accidental overdoses. My number one most impactful impactful for me, um, and still is to this day, just because I miss the potential of what could have um happened with this person and that would be chris farley oh, i um, right right i right. was really sad that uh that happened uh-huh. and um you know he he had so much left to give i mean I, I and i think there's a reality to him having challenges you know taking care of himself and he was definitely living a um you know an extreme lifestyle he was partying and it was pretty well known and you know, it certainly didn't impact his ability to be funny and to do wonderful things and to make people happy, but it was um, heartbreaking to find out that that happened. And I think what was heartbreaking for me was that it wasn't a surprise and it was exactly what we thought would happen. I think everybody um, just sort of sat back and said, well, you know, this is what happens when then nothing happens and things don't get, um, people don't get a handle on, on themselves. And, and I don't blame him, you know, drug addiction is a serious thing, but, um, you know, and I'm sure that everybody around him tried to help him, you know, but there are real challenges to that and getting over something like that. And there are also, there are some who will say you never get over it. You just manage it. Yeah, I could see that. Who's your number one? So I was actually just going to say about Chris Farley, uh, it was, it was a big deal for, for me too, because he was he was from Wisconsin, and uh, you know he's a local hometown boy that everyone loved and admired, and 
I I remember people that when I, I think I was in middle school at the time redid his uh, his down by the river motivational speech <laughs> reenacted react, that like over and over and over uh, in memory of him. him. Like you keep in mind, these are like 11, 12 year old boys that were like so affected. So as a tribute to him, they just redid his uh, and it was so funny. Uh, I think I like the Chippendales uh, thing with Patrick Swayze <laughs> the best. I um, <clears throat> man, that's funny. Uh, that was a, that was a good one. So good. Okay, so. My number one, mm-hmm. Heath Ledger. Oh, it's good. Makes it, me sad. Yeah, it's uh, he. That was an overdose, right? Was there it, cough medicine? It wasn't like a. No, well, so what he, happened there? It's it's still shrouded in conspiracy and unknown because it was. There's, there's even rumors that like. He was dating, I think, Mary-Kate Olsen at the time, and maybe she was involved, or she was the last to see him alive. But he was essentially, like, sick. He had been sick for, like, six weeks or something, but not, like, terribly, horribly sick. Just, like, a gnawing, wouldn't-go-away, cold, not-feeling-better kind of thing. So... I don't. Well, when you're doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot, I mean, your body gets worn down. So this isn't well, a surprise. Yeah, for sure. And he was under a lot of stress, but that, I, I think he was getting ready for something. Getting ready for he was in the middle of shooting something, or he. Well, know, okay. There's a lot of work there. Yes. A lot of stress for actors when they're under the gun and they're coming in really early. So it's a lot of pressure. So I remember vividly. I, I re- it was one of those things where I remember where I was when I found out that he died. I was in the car riding with my dad on the way home from a doctor's appointment and got a text about it. Hmm. And it was at the time I was living in Chicago. I was going to school there and a lot of people that I knew worked with him because the dark night was shot in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of students from my film school were PAs on set. And I use the term worked with him loosely, but you know, Met him in passing, and we're on... Craft service table. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it was like a really, really big deal for everyone that I went to school with because all these people had some sort of an interaction with him. And I, unfortunately, though, I really wish that I were, I was not a PA on The Dark Knight, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. And his performance is probably my all-time favorite performance. I mean, you know I have a uh, lenticular above my desk of him <laughs> as the Joker. I love it absolutely so much. And he died making the movie The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. He was in production in that movie. It's a Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Terry Gilliam too. It's a good movie. It's kind of, in, you know, it's, mm. it's a it's a classic Terry Gilliam kind of all out there. I don't want to see it. I don't want to watch Keith Ledger in his I, last movie. Well, that's actually why I did want to watch it because I wanted yeah. to see it. I it have was, very like, crow memories of finishing stuff that shouldn't have been finished. Sure, I get that. Uh... But it was a, it was really tragic. And I remember when I was a teenager, his very first movie, or his first mainstream American movie was 10 Things I Hate About You, mm-hmm. which is a remake of The Taming of the Shrew. Mm-hmm. And he plays this high school student that he's so, uh, like, fish out of water. He's, like, 27 playing a high school student. <laughs> uh, but he was so good in that. <laughs> 
And then everything that he went on to do, even like kind of crappy movies, like A Knight's Tale and The Brothers Grimm. That he was, did some good movies. He did Brokeback Mountain, then, which I then, really liked. Then he did Brokeback Mountain. And then The Knight or something, whatever, some night movie. I don't know. The, a Knight's Tale? Uh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, but yeah, so he did some like, but everything that he did, regardless if it was a good movie or not, he was always really good. And yeah. he was... I think he was just peaking at the time, and I think he's one of those guys that could have stayed at the top for a very, very long time. Sure. And so for me, that's why it was it was the number one. Aww. Well, now that we've talked about a sad subject, that we're going <laughs> to miss six, well, seven people because you cheated. Uh, you, cheat, you know, right, that was right. good. Yeah, yeah, I think that was really informative. So, I can't figure out who uh, was the opening for though me nuts. he didn't have an opening when i saw him because well, he, yeah, it, was it was a surprise was, concert it was a surprise concert for sure that's why i can't figure out maybe he had like a dancer or two because doesn't he always have dancers he always with him? has dancers yeah just hanging out yeah uh, all right scarlettos well <coughs> we're gonna sign off uh thanks again for listening this is our lead-in episode hope you enjoy getting to know us a little better all right later scarlettos